Hey, this is Sophie from Philly Cam, and you're listening to the Black Tribbles. on the Black Tribbles. Back where it all began. Uh, Andre, Andre Bennett, I uh, came on board and uh, was designated Triple 13 by by uh, by the Triple Nation, I guess. Yes. It was uh, it was fun. We talked about Doctor Who. It yes. was a good night. You compete in the rock, paper, scissors like a boss. What is that like? Well, um, yeah, I've been doing that since the inception of the league. We have a league here in town. I've been doing that for like it's this is the eighth season. Um, we have a regular season every spring. Um, we have our, our championship in in, uh, in a couple of weeks actually, June fifteenth for a thousand dollars, and the Johnny Good Times Memorial Trophy. Okay. He's not dead, but you know, never let that stop anything. <laughs> so basically, it's a tournament of people playing rock paper scissors professionally. Yes. Is there is there a skill? Is there like a technique that one needs to master in order to do well? And there are several techniques. Some people play by instinct. Some uh, people use patterns. Uh, some people actually, you know, work out, you know, statistically, you know, their opponents' throws and whatnot. Some people just try to, you know, just use uh, psychology or uh, just read people. So, like, what are the rules and regulations of rock paper scissors? Can you like distract somebody, or is there like a hardcore ref there to make sure there is a referee? Striped shirt and everything. So wait, now that you've been playing rock, paper, scissors in a league for the past eight years, to like play with people like civilians, do you have an advantage? Do you find that you win more or you just not play outside of the league? It depends. Um, Sometimes, a lot of the time lately, I've been kind of, uh, I've been kind of weak against people I haven't played before because they're truly random at that point because I don't really know what they're going to do. Um, I find, though, that sometimes I can get, a lot of the time, actually, I can get in somebody's head by just saying, I guarantee you I'll win. And about uh, 87% of the time, that works. It is your Black Tribbles. Seven is a number, both prime and divine. Seven yeah. is a number, both prime and divine. Seven is a do. number, both prime All and divine. Seven is a number, Check both prime and divine. United like the Justice League, we unlimited. Five transformed into seven. Magnificent amalgamation. Super Saiyan, we ain't playing. 106.5 is the radio station. Triple Nation is the name of the tribe. 610 267 215. All around the globe in every area code. Online, on air, live or recorded. Listeners rewarded with the rawness. Keeping it flawless like a Batman plan. Jedi flips or a Spider Man handstand. Peace to every geek we stand for. From Kronos to the bottom, city of Candor. We about to catch wreck. Turn up your set, black triples on deck. Y'all know what time it is. Black triples in your area. Let's go.
Black Tribbles are in the building, ladies and gentlemen, coming to you from the beautiful studios of WPPM, 106.5 FM, Philly Cam, People Power Media here in Philadelphia and New Jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and kittens, children of all ages, put your hands together for another stop in that historic town we call Octavia City. Yeah, man. Yeah. Blah. Yeah. Black hum. My name is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined in this lovely studio by... Yo, it's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without this sweet face to step to. It's your girl Kennedy, also known as that Mikey Chick, also known as the Storm Tribble, also known as the everyday, all day, any day Phillies Bay, even when we give up runs left and right like it's candy. Good. What's good, y'all? Miss me. Missed you. Mwah. Ha <laughs> Took it. Mwah. There's another one. Mwah. Still in all the sugar. Back in the city from Philly to Octavia. Winter's gone, so boots on. You know how we do. I love, uh, I love when the plan comes together. What's up, man? Mr. Legend, Mr. Double E Mac. How you feeling? What's up? What up? I keep them trembling like a black gremlin. Don't feed me after midnight. Left out in the street, so I'm gonna have to get right. Your man, our son, the voice of reason, aka the Super Triple. What up? Heavens! How's everybody doing? Hello. Chilling. What up, y'all? It's your mama's favorite nephew, Cousin Muscles. In the building, we here at Super Saiyan Triple. All the triples here. We're going to have a great time in Octavia City. Much love to everyone out there. Let the show begin. Oh, 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 oh. There's a certain uncanny triple that I might be upset at that designation of all the triples are here. But um, uh. I, I'm just I'm just saying, when she comes for your bald neck, I just, you know. In spirit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. You know, look, look, bruh, she's like three foot four. I think you'd be able to take her. All right, anyway. Whoa, shots fired. Buck, 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 buck. <laughs> she a pistol, though. You know that. True that. True that. Pop, pop. We're having fun here in Octavia City, ladies and gentlemen. You know what we do. Every April, we turn Black Tribbles over into the world of Afrofuturism. And boy, do we have some fun for you tonight as we are grooving to Sun Ra and the, his orchestra with Plutonian Knights here on the, on, the, uh, on the background. We're rocking out, as always, on Facebook Live. We're coming to you live and direct on phillycam.org slash listen. That's where we are streaming. You can like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at Black Tribbles, also on the Triple Nation Facebook page. We have very special guests. We've got we've got guests from far and wide here in the studio. We got someone. We're now going. We're going to wait. We're going to wait a while to introduce this this one person that's here. A um, special guest. They're, they're very 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 specialist special of special guests. Yes yes. Well well you know to hear him tell it. Um you know you know you know how these these Cali people they, they feel like they all special and stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but, but we'll be talking about him in a second. But um, before then, we are going to be bringing in our very special guest for the evening, author Elizabeth Wilkerson, who has just written a pretty cool Afrofuturist uh I don't know if you will call it like a cyber thriller, Ooh. but it, it's it's pretty dope. Tokyo Firewall. We're going to be talking to um, talking to her about her book and about all of her accomplishments because she is a very accomplished woman. It was it was definitely an impressive dossier. 
I can't even hold you. I was like, wow, what am I even doing with my life? You know what? That, you know what? <laughs> right? I'm looking at that like, wait, what? Wait, you did what? Huh? I, I guess I'll get my stuff to together moon, now. Uh, travel back in time like 13 different times. Um, <laughs> had four kids and then put them back and then had them again. Like, what? Why? How? What? Yeah, she done did it all, man. And, and you're, you're right, Kenny. It literally is like a dossier. You're like, oh, I thought. I was doing things, but apparently I need to. Like, oh, apparently I'm not living this life enough. at all. No. At all, I'm not doing nearly enough. I heard she cured gout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's done. She's done it all. So we're going to be talking to her uh, about her book, Tokyo Firewall. And then, ladies and gentlemen, we are actually going to do as part of what we do here on Octavia City. We're going to do a short stage reading of Chapter One of Tokyo Firewall for you tonight as well hype yeah that's going to be pretty dope and then we're going to we're going to play a little bit of um i like to call it maybe afrofuturistic role play that's what we're going to do with our very special guest from cali so that's what we um okay i'm glad you clarified when in this the context of which we were going to do this i'll be like oh this sounds fun oh this is not what i no, never mind i'm no. gonna stop i'll be over here thanks yes, yes. come don't be coming back with mess Kennedy. What mess? I censored myself. I had a moment of introspection and had the pause button. I didn't say what I was going to say. You said role play, and she was like, er? <laughs> That's it. That's all. She was like, oh, oh okay. I was <laughs> right. Listen, all I know is that I had known we was going to be doing that. I would have brought my dice. That's all. That's all. I got dice now. Y'all ready to roll? We can roll. That's all I'm saying. If you are ready to oh, roll. you're talking a whole different role play. My bad. I was. Oh. Yeah, that's the role play I was talking about. Oh, oh my goodness. You all are so oh. just unbelievably oh. filthy. I, I'm going to put my pants back on then. <laughs> no, that's just roving for dollars. Oh, yeah, right. I was about to say, the hilarious part about that throwaway funny line is that that's happened. Yeah, here. exactly. Like, whatever you need, exactly. Triple Nation, you need, you need Afrofuturistic sci-fi, blam, got you. You want random behind sports updates, blam, you got you. You want an obscure A-team reference, blam, I got you. You want no pants? Nobody gotcha. wears any pants. Yep. No pants. pants. What are those? Hashtag no pants. <laughs> no pants. Yeah, we go we go deep here on Black Tribbles, ladies and gentlemen, even in the midst of Octavia City. Um, but if you want to roll with us, maybe you can't roll with us, but maybe you want to roll with Kennedy, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get a, a quick little short plug out, out there real quick because this weekend is the Great Philadelphia Comic Con. That's bam, 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 bam. In Oaks, PA, and our very own lovely Storm Tribble is going to be one of the featured guests there yo y'all want to talk about a come up let yep. me tell y'all about a come up not only am i tabling which is lit right but i also will be co-hosting the deep space nine panel on sunday at 2 30 p.m nice which oh. features uh jeffrey combs also known as Wayun, aka brunt aka 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 yeah, and he's done like yeah. 13 different characters yeah, just I'm in the span of yeah. deep space nine and uh, Enterprise. Enterprise. That's right. He was Shran, giving all those smiles. Yeah. Um, then we've got your girl Nana Visitor, a.k.a. Uh, Corporal Kira Kickbutt Narice, a.k.a. I will get up in your teeth, a.k.a. I wish a Cardassia would, a.k.a. Bashir Baby Mama. <laughs> a.k.a. Legs for Days. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> and, of course, the revered one and only... 
Michael Dorn will be on this panel as well. So. Oh yeah, him too. Uh huh. <laughs> him too. Yes. So I am very thrilled to be doing that on on Sunday. Um, Who are you going to be ho- uh, co-hosting with? Michael B. Lee. Oh, cool. Yes, who uh, is is worked in close tandem with the Roddenberry family. Mm-hmm. Um, is a good friend of M- Mr. Doran's, from what I understand, um, and a seasoned vet in this in this game, if you will. So you know, I plan to upstage him thoroughly when I'm up there because it's what you do. <laughs> go big or go home. You know what I'm saying. And uh, it's gonna be lit. Uh, Saturday, I'll be there as well. I'll be tabling. My new book is is gonna be for sale. I have a book. I'm published. It's gonna be lit. What's the book? Um, this book is Speculative Philadelphia. It was my uh, leeway art and change project. Um, finally, after much trial and tribulation and obstacles and uh, all sorts of things, I was finally able to not only finish this book, um, but also publish it as well. Um, I'll feel good when the book is in my hand tomorrow when they when they arrive. Okay, Until cool. then, it's still tentative. But I, when I signed off my, on my proofs, you know, that was... On like on, on the cover? <sighs> on the whole... Because I self-published. So okay. I had to, you know, format it and, and all of that stuff. And, and s- tell you, man, there are some stressful things in life, but signing off on a proof is... Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, so that'll happen every as well. Every T dotting every I and period. Several times like i was so sick of my own work by the time i, I pushed send did you get any other eyes on it sorry did you get any other eyes on it yeah yeah i ran it through a couple friend filters yeah because you definitely like no matter it's always gonna be one period your eye will miss yeah so definitely get those those trusted sources to yeah I went, for you. I went through it a couple of the names in my thing set off the uh auto spelling like the autocorrect so i had to fight that yeah a little bit but yeah, yeah. otherwise I, my grammar's good enough that i don't Really need too much correction. Anyhow, the point is, I'm selling the book. It's gonna be lit. Joker Tribble will be holding it down to the table with me. Um, next door will be Sarcastic Tribble, so you know it's gonna be on and popping. I'll get to see Zach Don't Crack Tribble. Um, and the name of the book is Speculative Philadelphia. Or? Speculative Philadelphia, Volume One. Nice, nice. And it's a collection of stories. If I understand. collection of short stories, uh, speculative stories, obviously, uh, focusing on Philadelphia and Black women. Oh, pretty dope. That's dope. That's what's one love. Well, you'll have to once once you get a copy and, and you, you do the grand premiere at the convention. Maybe you know you if you would be so you know kind. Maybe you can you know uh, adorn us with a selection from the story next week. I would be so honored, sir. I, you know, I would just hoping that you would ask. Well, I have. But I appreciate you absolutely, sir. <laughs> Thank you. I, I was. I was. I figured my acquiescence was implied. Yes, it it was. <laughs> it was. So that's mm-hmm. dope. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's, God, that's really dope. That's really dope. So for more information, you can go to PhiladelphiaComicCon.com for tickets and stuff. Uh, I have a promo code. That's what you know to come up as real. I got a promo code. If you that's want, right, real if you want to, uh, I mean, get a couple, uh, you know, ducats off the top of your ticket price. Uh, hit the promo code S Triple Nineteen. If you're going to buy your tickets online, that's S triple nineteen. For all that information, you go to PhiladelphiaComicCon.com and uh, see you on the floor. It's going to be dope. It's going to be dope. Holla at a trip. Holla at a triple. Holla, holla, holla. at the store. Please in come holla. Yeah, come see me. Come see me. Take a photo. Say hello. I want to meet you. I'm gonna bring my computer, so I'll probably record some stuff. Buy a book. Buy buy all buy the books. Two. Buy all the books. Yeah. Shout out to. Uh, Snarf Tribble for purchasing my first copy. Nice. That's what's up. Congrats. Very nice. Shout out to Snarf Tribble for that. 
Um, so yeah, it's going to be fun, guys. Can't wait. All right. So we're going to take a short pause for the calls, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get some things set up, and then we're going to have our very special guest, the accomplished. To say the least. Accomplished? That's the understatement of the year. Yes. Achieved. Achieved? Is that how it's pronounced if it's in that type of context? Yeah, yeah, well, when, you, when you've achieved as much as she has, she probably is an achievement herself. Fair. There Fair. you go. So I don't know if you know this. She was NFL and NBA Rookie of the Year in, 20, <laughs> in 2015. And I was like, what? How did you pull that off? How did you do that? And at the same time. It's so, amazing. So dare we say triumphant. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There okay. Triumphant. There you go. No Quite, yeah. Elizabeth Wilkerson will be here in the studios of Philly Cam on Black Tribbles on 106.5 FM, Philly Cam, People Power Media. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Let's make a toast. We ain't make it yet. 
but we held it close. Did it on our own. Ain't pushing it dry. Ain't had to sell our soul. Ain't had to shuck and jive. Yeah, my daddy gone, but my mama proud. Cash still aching. I think it's kind of fire. Real problems, bills piling, still vibing. Real time, make your older brother dad. Success on the menu. What you trying to get into? Can't sell a free tape. Now we sell out the venue. Use the car for blocks to patch up my sneakers. And when we rap, can in town, we next some features. Years out, because now they jockin' me wild. I think I need a technical shot. They biting my style from. Rhyming in the suits and rhyming in the booth Probably grinding till they sign me Kawasaki go to cool Jacqueline Constance, ladies and gentlemen, with Antoine Davis, The Good Life, here on Black Tribbles on Philly Can, where we only play music by Philly artists. That's all we play. So if you're interested in getting your music played on Black Tribbles, all you have to do... Okay, first you have to move to Philly. Um, but you, if you're a Philly artist, you want to send us your, your information, all of your information, some proof that you're from Philly, and send your tracks to blacktribbles at gmail.com, or you can hit us up via the social medias, because um, that's all we play is Philly artists right here on Black Tribbles. We're live and direct here on Philly Can 106.5 FM in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. Streaming on phillycam.org slash listen. And right now, inside Octavia City, we have we are blessed. We are, yes, I'm not even sure if we are worthy to be blessed to by the guests that we have in the studio to uh, with us right now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to give you just a, li- a taste, a taste, merely a, 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 a sample, sample, a little grocery store sample. Of what this woman has accomplished. A little nugget. She is Love one nuggets. of Silicon Valley's first cyber lawyers and now writes Afrofuturist thrillers about women caught in the crosshairs of law, morality, and self interest. She lived in Japan where she practiced security law, studied, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Buto dance, and founded. A company to present African American culture to Japanese audiences. She also learned how to make perfect miso soup. She's a native of Cleveland, graduated from Harvard, and holds a JD and an MBA degrees from Stanford. And she's about to join the Triple Nation. Yo, I mean, I'm done. Oh, yeah, she's done it all. She's done, done it all. I'm just gonna go home. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make a to-do list. Her, yeah, right? her new novel... None of that's going to be on it. <laughs> her new novel, Tokyo Firewall, follows lawyer Allison Crane as she attempts to thwart a mysterious cyberstalker who's hell-bent on destroying her life. Put your hands together for... Her Majesty. Right? Elizabeth Wilkerson Hurrah! on Black Tribbles. Hey, Elizabeth, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm here. I have my new triple name and all is well. Oh, oh my God. Um, th- thank you for, for coming, on to the sh- coming on to the show. Um, and, and Grace, okay. All right. 
I, I'm going to ask a question, and then I'm going to get out of the way because I think I think but w- once I gave everybody your your dossier, as it were, everybody had tons of questions. I, I'm like Kennedy wants to know how to live your life, so I'm just going to ask one question right off, right off the bat. What is the secret to a perfect miso soup? I'll tell you the secret. Oh. If you don't tell anybody else. No, nobody's listening. Okay. It, 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 okay. We well, got people fooled that people actually listen I to know, us. I know the secret because when I moved to Japan, I asked everybody how to make miso soup because I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. And I found out the secret is two drops of vinegar. Huh. Restaurants don't even know that. Really? It's not a secret anymore, but restaurants don't even know that, but it adds just that certain something that'll take it over the top. Okay. All right. Write that down. Not one. Two. Two Two drops drops of... Just drops, not quarter of a... Nope, 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 nope. nope, Little just just, just a... Drop, drop. Perfect. Boop. Yep. Boop. That's it. Wow. Who knew? That's it. I didn't. Elizabeth knew. I knew, and I'm sharing (laughs) my no longer secret secret. Oh nice. My Even my Japanese husband didn't know. What? I had to teach him. What can I say? I mean, that's, kinda, that's what, black, what black women do. We teach things. <laughs> we show people the way. Oh, won't you? So I'm looking at this cyber stuff, and I'm just like, it, it brings me back to my young days on the internet, right? Which happened to coincide with the days of the internet being actually young. You know what I mean? I got my my net legs if you will in chat rooms during the mid 90s right that's how my word my word per minute count my word count is like 80 Mm. to 95 words per minute because you learn how to keep up with that kind of stuff and it's just like the culture that was developed around that time right because it was a culture people are interacting in ways that they hadn't been interacting like beforehand right and it's developed into this completely different direction um Primarily the whole privacy thing, right? Nowadays, you put whatever you put on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram will come back at some point and be used against you. Around. It all comes back. It all comes out in the mm-hmm. wash, right? Whereas back then, at least the circles that I typed in, you didn't talk about what whatever happened on the internet stayed on the stayed internet. on the internet. You didn't address anybody by their handle. You don't, you know, you don't say LOL. You 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 know what I mean? Like there's it was completely different. Um, culture back then so i wonder what if you can tell us some uh, some instances some stories about looking at it from the from the legal perspective and seeing how some of that culture can influence how the law was developed or vice versa i would say for sure vice versa because back in the early days it was more of a community yeah. than corporate run yes and i think once corporations got involved it completely changed everything in the early early days one thing i really liked about being online that it was all self-governing mm-hmm. if you wanted to start a usenet group you'd put it out there and kind of get some kind of collective agreement that there's going to be interest whereas now it's it's coming from another place altogether is this going to make money who's it going to make money for right um privacy it wasn't even really something that we thought about way back then. And to, to the, I like to think about your point about law. We like to think we want to future-proof what we're creating for mm-hmm. legal contracts, relationships, that kind of thing. Nobody was thinking about law back then. Right. I mean, no. no. That was like the, the wild, the fi- wild west. That was yeah, the. I must say, it was it, a final frontier. Was that was the, the new wild, frontier. Wild west, and everybody, and things weren't so bad. 
you know, it was really just people got along, kumbaya. It kind of reminds me now, I think the closest thing might be Reddit. Mm, where yeah. if you're going to be a real jerk and a butt, you know, you're going to get run out of the community. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of that. It reminded me of that. And there's a place for those people anyway. Like, they have their own communities to be yeah. just yeah. difficult to They have their together. own threads. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. So that, just stewing that, their hatred. That's, that's a, the biggest difference. And I'm looking at where we are now, and a lot of things went right, and a lot of things went horribly wrong. Oh, my goodness. And, and what I'm really concerned about now in terms of privacy, it, it, I think it was around Christmas time, everybody's saying, I want to know where I'm from. I'm going to send ancestry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send in my DNA sample. And, and then I'm thinking, you don't get more personal with personal data that you don't necessarily want to share. I'm pretty sure I'm from West Africa somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine with that. I'm not going to go up to somebody and say, hey, auntie. Right. <laughs> Here I am. And so to the extent that the privacy, the personal data, your DNA, people are ready to make money off of that, unbeknownst to people who just want to try to find a connection. Yeah. That's the kind of thing now with a lot of this. I use Waze, for instance, when I'm driving, and if mm-hmm. you hit a certain speed limit in Waze, do you ever use Waze to get around, Billy? Do you hit a certain speed limit? It'll oh, and it kind of like keeps you in check, right? Yeah, it'll tell you, red light, red light, you're going too fast. Well, Geico would want to know who with Waze is going too fast yeah. a lot of the time. And, yep. you know, that's a little commercial privacy kind of transaction that can happen and with all this people got their fitbits and mm-hmm. their watches and you know that that gets into gattaca do you remember the movie gattaca yes. oh yes, I yes. yes. That, that's why i don't know people call me paranoid but that's what i'm concerned about on the legal front on the privacy front and people too willing to give up personal information that's that's going to be um sold yeah so people call me paranoid too I took the blue pill. Oh no, I took the red pill from Facebook about ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, Not quite yeah. ten years ago, but something comparable. Mm. And to this day, like there's some ghost account on Facebook that people are tagging me in. So I can't like I've tried to delete my my profile. It took me years to delete it, first of all. I could only disable it up until very recently. And then when I tried to delete it, it showed me like all of these. Did you, are you sure you want to leave? Like so and so tagged you in this, and you remember this memory from this person. And I'm like, what? This is no unplug, unplug, kill it with fire. Like no. Um, whereas culturally, that's changed. I also feel like when a certain generation got access to the internet, it changed as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's true. The second the second older folks like. Like older, older folks got wind of it. Like once when your when your auntie starts following you on Twitter, that's like for for me. Whenever my parents got onto the thing that I was doing, was when it instantly became uncool. So the day my dad tweeted at me, I was like, "Oh, this is done." done. <laughs> so I wonder if that might have been what influenced some of the legality shifts as well. You know, once a different set of generational eyes got on it. But the leg- there's so little legality there even now. I mean, when we talk about what they're doing in Europe and what they're doing oh, in yeah, California about the right to disappear, I forget what they call it, the new laws, the privacy laws, where you want to be unknown, you want to be, you don't want to have your breadcrumb of your life um, right Facebook. out there. Yeah, that you can actually just go back undercover or just offline. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a thing. I, I don't think we figured it out. I don't know if we're ever going to figure it out because I really feel like the genie was out of the bottle decades before we even realized there was an issue. I mean, who 
thought who would have thought we'd be dealing with this 30 years ago 20 years ago it's true that's very true it was it was a whole different mindset you know back then and and everybody's kind of playing catch up right now so 20 years from now what are we going to be worried about 20 years from now we're not going to be able to speak to each other on the street because we haven't needed to well we'll recognize each other through facial recognition right yeah but that's even if we see each other because there was this movie what was that movie with um bruce willis where everybody pretty much was just in their house uh, because the everybody uh, was yeah. in like surrogates. this surrogates yeah. and everybody was basically living their life through, through their an surrogate. avatar yeah, through or, an avatar yeah. you know that's what i'm afraid of well, is, that's kind of like ready player one right kind of right like right uh-huh, yeah uh-huh. yeah so I, i'm wondering like well that's kind of where we are now though isn't it well i think this i think that's where they're trying to move us to yeah, yeah, with yeah. you know the the move to vr and all that type of stuff uh, i'm a little bit more cons- I, i'm thinking we're going to we're going to be at wally in a minute like well, we're just, just going to be just a bunch of yeah, fat yeah, people yeah. in, you know, just ordering stuff off of tablets, floating around in chairs, yeah. and in the spaceship. I mean, that's us now. Just no floating because we because, because like, we ruined like, the planet. Just twenty for a floating chair, but that's yeah, us now. Yeah, I, that's that's my biggest fear. But I mean, but honestly, it's almost a necessity because it's growing into something we can't see what will it will be within twenty years. We kind of just have to ride it and catch up to it because. Just think about how present day, like last night, I went out to try to find a button battery, a specific button battery to like Rite Aid, Walgreens, Dollar Store, whatever. A button battery. Three different stores can't find what you need. You can order on Amazon. It'll be here tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like there are so many particular things you cannot go outside your door and find in your vicinity that you just it's so easy to get it online. You know what I mean? And have whatever you need. That's like it made the world though. smaller, but there are so many things that you just don't have locally that you would think is simple. You know what I mean? Like think about it. What's right, the last thing you needed? You could just ran out the Best Buy and grabbed. Like what didn't you order online? That's true. Who wants to go to the store and wait in line? Yeah. Black Friday, yeah. Friday morning, or I'm not I, necessarily five o'clock in the morning necessarily, but whatever the sale is. That's true. You know what I mean? Like click, I'm done. And hopefully nobody hacks your website because my card is safe in my pocket. That's true. Because now the, I gotta worry the about the only place you. that I can get Quisp cereal is on. Oh God, here you go with this Quisp. <laughs> <laughs> if it is a thing you value, yes, <laughs> that's very true. You scare me there, uh, Eric. Um, I, I I wanted to ask a question with, you know, all the questions that are going on with you know the world of cyber and VR today, why did you then set the book Tokyo Firewall in the 90s? I wanted to give people an idea of what it used to be. Mm-hmm. How, like what Kennedy was saying, how it was so different. And yet some of the ideas and themes that are addressed in the book from online misogyny and the racism and the stalking. Oh, you mean today? It's come... It's come. I mean, the, the, the book talks about the beginning of it. Right. Right. It has not changed. It, yeah, right. It's just coming it to not. full bloom. Yeah. It's coming right. to full bloom. This was at its fruition back yeah. in the book. Yep. Right, right, yep. right. And, and what I so rarely see are women of color who are represented on the internet back in that day. Mm. That's true. And so just to have a, a presence and a showing of a woman who is a tree-hugging environmental lawyer. A lot of women back then were afraid to touch computers. They were afraid they would break computers. It was very much a gender-oriented thing. Mm-hmm. And she 
in order to save her own life and her privacy, she has to kind of to get it together and learn some technology, get smart on that, and try to save her life and certainly her privacy and her digital life. Do you think that actually that actually was true that women were a little, you know, apprehensive apprehensive of technology back in the nineties? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I actually found, at least maybe in maybe it's in in just the black community or, or what have you, in that a lot of the the corporate world, or certainly in the nineties, I was working in the insurance world. So in that world, um, where people, you know didn't have home computers, but you had a computer at work. But so many of the the people that I work with were women, so they actually were maybe even ahead of the curve to me as far as working with a computer. Um, Like women around my age in the 20s and 30s of of that time. I think online... I'm thinking more of the online communities. Where okay, that's yeah, that's fair. fair. Women weren't run out of town exactly, but certainly weren't welcomed. And when you're greeted by, um, you know, your your colleagues and you're you're being shouted down or over talked, even online, it, there's a lot of, um, and it's certainly come to 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 a big head now. But um, women weren't welcomed, and they weren't the default. And That's we true. still aren't. That's and so true. there's so many female-centric places on the web now, safe spaces, and that that, that just warms my heart. That's true. Good point. Good point. Yeah. And um, like we said, culturally it was different back then. You know, you try to join some of these conversations, some of these communities, and it's like the guys on Xbox that shout out, you know, racist expletives because they can. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's a lot yeah. of what it was like then. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being open about liking cyber techie things, you know, in, in IRL, in the real, in real life back then was stigmatized as well. You know, um, while it's been proven that some of the best minds in, in STEM and computer, computer science can be women, you know, to be open about that and vocal about that during that time period was very like... You're a whole nerd. What are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. go outside, put some makeup on, like, yeah, go true, to the movie, true, something, true. you know? Um, but then you also think about some of the representation of women during the 90s in the media, right? You've got, um, even though it was at the end of the game, The Matrix came out in 99, right? You got Hackers with Angelina Jolie. There was, um, oh, what was that movie with Sandra Bullock where she was an FBI agent or something and she was dealing with some case it was all on the internet the net the net yeah the, the net. net that's right the net that's that was right. the big yeah. one yeah. um so you know it was we had that kind of representation at least there was a push for it but still socially there was a lot of a lot of kickback it's interesting and when i was working in silicon valley there was very much um there was a skew, for sure. Winder, women were underrepresented. Mm-hmm. Black women were hugely underrepresented. Um, to this day. To this day, I don't know why. Um, How did you fight that fight to, to get in there? Because I, I can imagine it was a battle. After I got in there, I realized it, there was a fight. I It was truly right place at the right time the company i was working for is netscape which at the time oh wow wow 84 percent of the browser market yes netscape holy smokes kind of nice but um they were looking they had this site it was the most world trafficked webs is that the right 
the most trafficked website in the world, mm-hmm. and they didn't know what to do with it on the content side. And wow. I had just, and they wanted somebody with an international background, and I'd just come back from Japan, and I'd done a lot of movie distribution in Japan, and so it was just a good fit. And after I got in, I realized everybody hires their friend that worked mm. together with them at their last job, and every you know, right. they were from job to job to company to company to company. So, yeah, it was just happenstance for me, but it, it's, it reminded me a lot of Hollywood where you get in because you know somebody. Mm. That's, what, that's, that's the name of the game. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, no, unfortunately. But you made your way through Hollywood by way of Japan, actually, right? I lived in Japan for five years. I was going there to study buto dance because it's this very avant-garde, radical the company that I saw that blew me away is called Sankai Juku, mm-hmm. and their choreographer, Ushio Amagatsu, is a brilliant guy. I saw him perform when I was dancing in New York, and I was sobbing tears at the end of the performance, and snot was running out of my nose. It was just, I, it hit me in a way I'd never seen anything so beautiful. I got a poster of the guy. I had it by my bed for years. Was it the dance or the guy? Come on, Elizabeth, be real. Sankai Juku. They were actually, after the (laughs) L.A. Olympics, every country was sending their athletes, of course, but at the L.A. Olympics back when, they also sent um, performers. Mm -hmm. And Japan's contribution was Sankai Juku, the the company. And I loved them. I fell in love. And when I first went to Japan, my brother, who's a jazz composer, had said, hey, can you try to hook me up with a distribution deal for my new album? And I said, I'll try. So he introduced me to a jazz critic, and we were sitting, having coffee, and talking about my brother's music. And the guy sitting at the table next to us kept eavesdropping. You know how you can tell if somebody's eavesdropping? Mm-hmm. He's rude, but whatever. <coughs> so we're yak, 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 talking and talking. And so the guy gets up to leave, and the jazz critic nods at him. That kind of like, hey, I know you nod. And I thought, hmm. So the jazz critic said to me, okay, your brother's into music. How about you? Who do you like? And I said, well, I love dance. And you know, my favorite performers of all time, Sankai Juku, Ushio Amagatsu. And he said, you were just sitting next to him. Wow. So this wow. guy is eavesdropping on the conversation I've had in my bedroom wall for years. And you didn't recognize him sitting? Because of my, the one picture I had, he's... In a row, painted white with no hair, the dude sitting next to me at the table had on clothes. (laughs) (laughs) I see how that could throw you. I didn't recognize him. Pesky clothing. (laughs) Boo. (laughs) Preventing me from talking to my favorite. Wow, what are the odds? Yeah, right? Yeah, Uh, it was kind of freaky. That's dope. That's lit. You're living living that life. (laughs) All right, now wait. Now, if you were in that moment and you had known it was him, how would it have been different? It, like, would yeah, you have embarrassed yourself? I, I would have. And I, I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> awesome. That's amazing. We all wish for that I moment. I can take off my clothes, too. <laughs> hey. Let me show you my dance. I learned your dance. Here we go. Like, Here you go. Know what? I'm going to do your dance for you. Hold up. You know, I'm sorry I didn't recognize you right away. You were considerably less stressed. In fact, I don't feel even comfortable talking to you like that. I'm sorry to be so dis- disrespectful. Let me go ahead and take all this off and... Yeah, I don't believe it's you. Take off your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Prove it to me. Oh, yeah, that, there it is. Yep, that's him. Um, ah, I knew I recognized that freckle. <laughs> knew it was you. See, I told you it was you. <laughs> the book is Tokyo Firewall, ladies and gentlemen, a novel of international suspense. Um, it, it 
says back here, Peter Barakan, a freelance broadcaster and radio DJ, said that as a longtime Tokyo resident, it's refreshing to read a book in English that gets the city right in its feel and details. I can imagine that was very important to you based on the five years that you lived there, right? Absolutely, because sometimes you see a movie or you'll read a book and it's like, well, not really, or that wasn't my experience. And again, it's a book I wrote from my experience of Japan, which wouldn't be somebody else's as an African-American woman in Japan at a time. Like even now, there are only about 25,000 African or black folk living in Tokyo or living in Japan. Um, but when I was living there, if I saw somebody who was black, I would cross the street to say, hi, I'm from Cleveland. Where are you from? <laughs> Just because it was such a rare thing, which is also how I met Michael Jackson. But that's a whole <gasps> different. Wait a wow. minute. Wait a, wait a minute. Wait and you were just going to skip over that? Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Time to freak out. You see how she was about to just keep talking, Tweet. though? Flag on the field. Ten-yard penalty. Repeat that sentence. <laughs> And first down while you're at it, because you're not just going you're not just going moonwalk over that. Like we not. Oh, okay, that's how I met MJ. So let me tell you about. Like Hodor, Hodor, Hodor. <laughs> well, it does say on the back of the book that this is a captivating, sexy thriller, and now we know why. Now, clearly. So, uh huh. Um, uh, please do tell. How did you meet? This is this is the silliest. Anyway, back in the day, all of the <laughs> back in the day people would open their tours in Japan because the yen was so strong. Very true. And yeah. you'd open, you'd get your yen, and then you'd get your show together and take it on the the road the west rest of the world. So once a year, I have a day. I have to have McDonald's cheeseburger, fries, and coffee. Wait, once a year? Once a year. Mm. I, 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 I'm anything of V. I'm, I'm anything but a McDonald's person. But once a year, and <laughs> whatever they put it, it's a special sauce. Whatever they put in it. I was walking home and I walked past the McDonald's. I made a U-turn to come <laughs> back. I said, "Today is the day." <laughs> And standing in line were a bunch of black folks. So I said, hi, who are you? <laughs> I'm Liz from Cleveland. And they all said, we're with the backup with a bad tour with Michael Jackson. Do you want a VIP pass? And I said, okay. Right? <laughs> like, um, hi, yes. Like, what do you mean? Like, Liz is the secret word. Well, he said if we meet Liz. Right. What? So I had my VIP pass. And <laughs> There I was. The uh, one woman who was singing the song with him was, oh. Oh, Saeed Cheryl, Cheryl, Cheryl Crow. Oh, okay. Was oh. there before she was Cheryl Crow. Oh, okay, yeah. that's and right. That's I right. I was all excited to see the show in my VIP seat, which is up close and personal, until Konishki, the 600-pound sumo wrestler, sat right in front of me. Uh, oh. <laughs> so my Set VIP said, right, my VIP seat suddenly becomes pretty useless. <laughs> so I got off of the dais and I stood at the front of the near the stage. And in Japan, Michael Jackson would jump off the stage and run through the audience mm -hmm. and not fear for his life. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Did he do that at the Philly show? No. No. At all. no. <laughs> so he's running through the audience and he runs past me because I'm up at the front of the stage and he sees the only black person there. Turns <laughs> around, comes back and says, hello. <laughs> and I say, oh, take my panties. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, but no, you I, said I it lost, in Japanese. Yes, I, I did. Yeah, right. I lost it. I lost it. But that was—I don't know if you'd call that a meeting or whatever. But that's exactly what that is. <laughs> <laughs> because a close I, encounter. I probably would have said the same thing. <laughs> Here you go, Mike. Here's my draws. Thanks. Oh my God! Wow.
That is amazing. Oh, my God. I'm so emotional right now. That's no, you're crying. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> that is a thing. See, see, and, and that's the that's the type of memory that will just last forever. You know what I no, mean? No, the cheeseburger lasts forever. Uh, well, <laughs> wow, that's true. Point, point. That's true. That's very true. That's very true. Um, real quick before we before we get out of here, I, I'm curious because you say that you know you use a lot of your your story and your life in in. Uh, Japan to help craft the the story of Allison, uh, the the protagonist of Tokyo Firewall, and they say that this is a captivating, sexy thriller which follows the perilous adventures of a newcomer. Um, it's creepy, thrilling, sexy. More please, says Rachel uh, Rachel Housel Hall. Um, so, what's the sexy? Give us a, the quick. What's the sexy of Tokyo Firewall? The sexy is the the antagonist who uses sex sexual exposure, a complete lack of privacy mm. on the internet as a weapon. Oh, um, and I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of Jeff Bezos. I don't know why somebody somehow hacked his sex to his girlfriend. Yeah, I got that, that and, picture. Yeah, and to, there's one thing that, you know, you can do whatever you want on the Internet, but if you're to use sexual, somebody's sexual, most intimate, private moments as a weapon or as shaming, that's fair. Revenge that, porn. Yeah, right. Just like revenge porn. Yep. And this one guy just has it in for her. And the way, because of his background, I don't want to get into it too much because it's the book. Buy the book. But, yes, um, buy the book. <laughs> he, he uses it as a weapon, especially against women. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's actually interesting the way that you, you wrote the book. And we're going to present um, to you, ladies and gentlemen, the first uh, chapter of Tokyo Firewall. We're going to read through through that book. And I think it's very interesting that that first chapter actually, as opposed to introducing you to the protagonist, introduces you to that antagonist yeah, yeah, yeah. and the ways uh, that he goes about um, doing exactly what you do. Um, and it also is an introduction into the world building that you've done in this book. It's, it's, it's actually very expertly written. I enjoyed oh, checking you. it out. Thank you. Thank you. It's really, really dope. Um, okay. The, the time has come now, Elizabeth, for you to join all of our fans and guests on the Black Tribbles inside the Tribble Nation. But to do that, what you literally look Michael Jackson in his face like you can get she said, you. hey, you <laughs> she said, hey, bro, how you doing, Mikey? He said, yourself. Hey. Exactly. Exactly. She was like, here. <laughs> Boy, beat it. <laughs> ah, see what you did there. Right. Well done. So, to become one with the Triple Nation, uh, Elizabeth, you must first adorn yourself with a triple designation that indicates where you your geek lies. What would you say is what makes you most what makes you a geek? I mean, cuz you've done everything. I've never everything. met an app I didn't like. I jumped out of bed at two o'clock in the morning to go to a, a computer terminal to solve a game. Mm. Um, I just I was a boy scout when I was a little girl because yeah, I, I was in that. the computer club. Um, I don't Wait, know, I, I don't know why, but I. Yes, you were a Boy Scout. I was an honorary Boy Scout. I know that's I was, right. I was an honorary. Is this a wall? Let me <laughs> kick this open here. This is a door. I'm gonna burn this down. Was. 
Because, like, now Scouts is just, like, really unisex. Like, it's for everybody The Boy Scouts, now. yeah. Yeah, Scouts right, is. Right, so, right. like, she really kicked that door in and was like, let me in. <laughs> you let ain't know what's about to happen. Guess where we going to be in 20 years? Y'all on computers right now? Let me in here, too. What? Elizabeth. Oh God. What? It's inspire triple, triumphant triple. Let that me in triple. here. Let me let, let me in here too. Triple like I did. What, I, what, what makes me a nerd and what really excites me is the problem solving. Mm, okay. And I I don't like to read manuals. I because that's for other people. Yeah, that's, 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 I, I'd that's rather, for peasants. I'd rather struggle and. It certainly ain't for black people, so that makes sense. That's fine. <laughs> And I, in my book, there's, um, it's all about encryption, which goes to privacy. What communications do you want people to be able to see in the firewall? What communications do you want to block? In my book, there's an Easter egg. There's something that's encrypted. Nobody's figured it out yet. And I'll have to figure out some prize. Challenge! Yeah, if somebody figures it out, let me know. Um, so all of that is to say, what, what really excites me is the problem solving, figuring out the puzzle. Okay. Okay, so with all that in mind, what will be your triple designation? This is one I had a different triple designation altogether, but Kennedy gave it to me. It's going to be decoder triple. Decoder triple. Decoder triple. Don't just take it because I suggested no, it. No, I like it. I like it. We I could, like it. But I still, I still want to say some. I need some from the dancer in me. I need some movement to go with it. Yes. I need. A sign to throw. I need something. Because Elizabeth, ladies and gentlemen, all of you out there in the Triple Nation, she, she's, she, you know, you, you can see, she breaks down barriers. She kicks down walls. So she came into this joint, like, stepped in the door, waved in the 4-4, and said, yo, I need a sign that I can throw up to all my Triple Nation to let them know I'm down with the Triple Nation. So she just said, like, yo, we need a sign. And she came up with one. And uh, we, we kind of like massaged it a little bit here in the studio. And I think it's a go. It was a, it was a lovely massage. We all enjoyed it. It was fantastic. <laughs> a little caress. A yes, little it, felt, it felt good. Ooh, a little oh. slap and tickle. Mm -hmm. A little lavender. A little oh, it was lovely. Sorry. I, I just got back and I'm already got oil. So I, I think mm -hmm. that we have come up. Oil. We seed. have come up with a, a triple sign. A triple sign. So um, Kennedy and, and Eric. If you will, uh, and Elizabeth, if you will demonstrate for Facebook Live out there, uh, Dante is rocking out on Facebook Live, what is going to be our triple sign that now everyone in the Triple Nation will learn to give that sign to one another? Well, well let's, let's be clear about some things. I've seen some different fist placements, and I just want to make sure we're on the same page, because authenticity is key. Very true. Right? So there's a balled up fist, and it's across your heart. Your heart's on your left side. Anyway. No, it's your heart. Left yes, it's yeah. your heart. All right. I, I get confused sometimes because I have no soul. I'm kidding. Um, so, that's <laughs> yeah, true. So there's like the fist with the knuckles on your chest, right? Which is very solidaric, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's the the one with your with your pinky facing out, which is more like right on, right? But then there's the other way, which is like blood in, blood out, and then you can tuck that thumb in. And give us a little wave. Well, Elizabeth came up with it, so I think it's only right that she indicates exactly how the fist should cross the heart. I didn't realize there were so many options. Yeah, <laughs> yeah see, we're a nation, so, so there are debates that go into all this. So maybe, that being said, because we are a multifaceted, nerdy conglomerate type collection of individuals, this part can be open to interpretation. But the actual like wave has to be... 
like the the uniform yes. thing. Yes, there you go. And, and the wave. So indicate to Facebook Live exactly the the whole the whole the whole shebang, yeah. the whole smear, the whole smear. Bald go. fist. And notice the, notice the thumb tuck. So thumb, tuck. The thumb, thumb tuck. Thumb tuck. It's critical. Yes. That's how we can tell posers. <laughs> Look at it. That's, she's already right. She Regulator didn't even take the old triple. jacket. And she at the door. Regulator triple. she at the door. Inspector triple. Yes. Protocol triple. The list goes on and on Sheriff and on. Sheriff triple. Right. Yes. Yeah, right. Wait. I, I, yeah, right. I, I, triple. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> It's the Ten Triple Commandments. All right. Yes. She, is, she, is, she ain't take the over. She already like, yeah. We can call posters. Do it like this. This is what we do. That's okay. what supposed to look like when you do it right. Mm. Okay. Has people do drills? Nah, do it again. <laughs> Don't get off this line until you get it right. Okay. All right. So now we need you, Elizabeth, to take the oath. And to lead you in the Triple Oath of Allegiance will be none other than the creator of said oath, which now, at the end, we can end with the sign. I think that's dope. Okay. The Master Triple Emac. All right. And since you like movement, we're going to take it back to how it used to go. So you're going to raise your right hand to Stan Lee and your left hand to DC and repeat after me. There you go. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. From the way I roll to the way I coo. From the way, way I roll to the way I cool. So shall it be said, so shall it be done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, right. 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 I think it hits. I think it hits. I think it hits. It's a hit. I think it hits. Welcome, Decoder Triple, to the nation. That's officially, officially official. You're not allowed to leave. You live here now. That's the most official thing ever. Y'all live here the now. Triple salute. Y'all live here now. Y'all live here. Oh, that is so. That is that is love. That is love. Elizabeth, thank you so much. Thank you all. This has been so much fun. I appreciate it. This has been fan freaking tastic. If everybody wants to get more information about Elizabeth, grab a copy of her book. Go to her website, elizabethwilkerson.com. That's Elizabeth. Wilkerson, W-I-L-K-E-R-S-O-N dot com. You can find out all the information about it. There's all the information. We, did, we didn't even touch on I mean, look, she could come. You're welcome anytime. I'm saying you can't go home. This I'd is be, where you live I'd now. I'd be thrilled to come back anytime. The book's also available on Amazon. I, yes. read some, I read somewhere that you won the Masters in 96. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. taught author Ash everything he knows. Yeah. yeah, after her fourth term as our shadow president. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we all know at one point or another the shadow president was a shadow black woman. The truth no matter that. if you shake the family tree of any given administration hard enough, Elizabeth comes falling out. <laughs> 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 thank you so much Elizabeth this has been awesome we are going to take another pause for the cause ladies and gentlemen we will be back here on Black Tribbles in Octavia City on PhillyCam People Power Media 106.5 FM phillycam.org slash listen check this out
We're back here on Black Tribbles, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to WPPMLP Philadelphia. Black Tribbles in the building, Octavia City. And right now, I believe if I am correct, I, I could maybe possibly only be assuming something right now. But I believe right now, ladies and gentlemen, we have the return of an oldie but a goodie coming your way. Let's hear what is coming. I hope you know how very lucky you are to know me since I'm so incredibly incredible. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the one and only This Week in Geek History. This your girl, Bev, hitting you up with the latest news in geek history, all spoken through the lens of the black English vernacular. Word. April 9th, 1959, son. NASA announces the selection of the United States' first seven astronauts, y'all. Scott Carpenter was up in that, John Gordon Cooper. John Glenn, y'all heard of John Glenn. I know y'all know John Glenn. There's my boy Gus Grissom, your boy Wally Skira, Alan Shepard, y'all know Alan Alan, and the one and only Donald Slayton. The seven were chosen from 110 applicants. Not 100, not 101, but 110 applicants to participate in the Mercury program, the nation's first manned space program. Yay, yay, out here doing the things. On April 10th, 1943, researchers at the University of Pennsylvania, A.A. Philly Philly, 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 began work on the electronic numerical integrator and computer, a.k.a. any, yeah, 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 which when completed would become the first general purpose fully electronic computer, y'all, capable of making calculations 1,000 times faster than any other prior computer. That's April 10th, 1943. That's 4 3. Out here doing things in the future and stuff. And since we talk about this week in geek history, history can be made whether it's 1943 or 2019, son. And on April 10th, 2019, we got our first real look at a black hole. What? Yo, that joint was not CGI. That wasn't an artist's rendition. It wasn't no Star Trek episode that I ever seen. That joint wasn't Photoshop. It wasn't Illustrated. It wasn't... None of that. It wasn't even on MS Paint, dog. That joint was real life. Real life. A world-spanning network of telescopes called the Event Horizon Telescope. Not to be confused with that joint in the 90s with Lawrence Fishburne and Jolie Adams and uh, Sam Neill and, you know, that one. That's not this Event Horizon. That's a different Event Horizon. That's a ship. This is a telescope. The telescope zoomed in on the supermassive monster in the galaxy M87 to create this first ever picture of a black hole. Now, this image emerged from two years of computer analysis of observations from a network of radio antennas called the Event Horizon Telescope, as I said, and all eight 
radio observatories on six mountains and four continents observed the galaxy in Virgo off and on for 10 days in April 20, 2017. So this is the first time they saw it. They set it up. I mean, they set up the frame. They saw where it was. They, they set the light in. They was like, but they couldn't turn on the lights because it was all the way out there. But they figured out how to turn on the lights. And it was like, turn on the lights in here, baby. Extra bright, I need y'all to see M87 because it's got a black hole in front of it and we ain't never seen nothing like that before. No, so we have not. It was lit. History's lit. Nerd stuff is lit. This is Bev. We out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't drop, don't drop that very expensive mic here in the, the Philly Camp Studios, Bev. Thank you. Thank you very much. This week in Geek History. pretend mic drops. <laughs> Thump. Yes, that was dope. That was dope. Thank you, Bev. Thank you, Bev. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. That was pretty dope. That was pretty, very, very, very dope. Yeah, wait, what beat is that? Um, is that another one of Cannon Jones? Uh, excuse me? Is that another one of Cannon Jones? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, that is as well about track. Here, back on Octavia City, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we just had Elizabeth Wilkerson. She was uh, she a fantastic guest. That was wow. that was memorable. Wow, that was definitely memorable. That was one for the uh, for the memory banks, one for the time capsule here on Black Tribbles. Um, uh, and she was here promoting her new book, Tokyo Firewall, which we are going to present for you here on Octavia City. We're going to read the first chapter of this book for you just so you can get a taste of it um, I'm going to give you a, a read from the back a synopsis before we begin when Allison quit her law practice and moved to Japan with her investment banker boyfriend she thought they only grow closer but Allison feels trapped at home isolated by culture shock limited language skills and her boyfriend's ambitions desperate for company she ventures onto the only avenue she has left the brand new digital frontier inside the confusing web of cyber chat rooms allison discovers a kindred soul and forms a fast friendship however her digital safe haven soon becomes a virtual nightmare wherein she's targeted by a troll who despises foreigners as the predator's attacks intensify allison must bulk up her courage and sharpen her computer skills to stand her ground or she'll lose her only source of freedom and maybe her life. There you go. Oh my God! You like these stakes went up real fast, didn't they? Real, real, <laughs> real quick. Things went from eight to eighty real quick in there. All right. So that's um, Tokyo Firewall. We are going to bring you the first chapter now here in Octavia City, the nineties, chapter one. The calliope of carnival tones of Tokyo's five o'clock song burst from the public address system and bounced through the streets of Akihabara. Shite, he was really late. They'd be starting without him. The icy bite of the late autumn evening air prompted him to pick up his pace. Head lowered against the wind, he hugged the oil-treated paper close to his chest and elbowed his way past the pack of bargain hunter gauge Gaijin tourists rummaging through electronic parts crammed into the sidewalk arcade. Akihabara. 
stall upon stall, row upon row, street upon street of computer parts, accessories, peripherals, and pieces. A high-tech candy land of overwhelming proportions. Akihabara's alleyways were a black market of guts for the computer industry those Americans had long lost control of. He was sure there was nothing to rival Akihabara's in Silicon Valley. Damn foreigners in their baseball caps and T-shirts. They infested Akihabara like roaches, looking for discounts on electronics they could show off to their friends. Idiot Americans. Happy to pay full retail price for last year's junk. Didn't realize that Akihabara was the one place in Tokyo where you could where you were expected to haggle over prices. Explained why the Americans were always on the losing end of the trade imbalance. A hulking linebacker blocked the passageway in front of him. Guy looked as oblivious as a dumb cow grazing. American meat was so full of hormones and steroids, it was no wonder they grew to the size of obese cattle. Even Even he had gained over five kilos during the semester he was in school in Boston. He prodded the cow in the back as he made his way through the blockade. The big guy yelled, hey, and stared. Too slow. Steroids must have gotten to his brain. He edged past the hawker, giving away tissue packs with an ad for a new phone sex service. Tried it past the pawn shop that still held one of his server computers hostage until he paid up. F them. Ducked into a Nuzumbi Doro. A rat street, the footpath that ran behind a discount ticket broker and was the shortcut back to his quote unquote mansion apartment. Train tracks overhead formed a ceiling and trapped the smell of urine in the back street corridor. With a slight adjustment of his earplugs, the deafening clatter from the trains was reduced to a muffled annoyance. If he hurried, he'd be home in 20 minutes. His small apartment was conveniently located near the Akihabara's district, but off the beaten path enough to be affordable for him. Affordable with a little help he had to squeeze out of his dear old dad. Those tightwads at the post-production house where he worked had refused to lend him the Raikinki money and Shaikinkin deposit money. Seven months rent up front and in cash just for the privilege of moving in. His apartment was far from swanky, but at least it was quiet. So quiet that he could sometimes do rough edits of the soundtracks for his commercials from home. Or he used to be able to before that obnoxious couple with their shrieking baby moved in upstairs. The soundproofing he installed helped. He turned onto his street and raced down the block. His apartment's bamboo window blinds closed tight, offered no hint of what was inside. He waved at the motion-activated surveillance camera he'd hidden above the windows, opened his door, and entered his apartment without turning on the lights. The blue glow beacon from a 27-inch Sony monitor guided his way as he removed his earplugs, loosened his tie, and walked across the tatami mat, stepping over the shoebox-sized plastic bins labeled with their contents, coax cables, circuit boards, RAM cards, anything else he could get his hands on to go into the next box he built. A bank of five server computers weighed down a metal table in the middle of his apartment. 
without stopping to see who was on his bulletin board service or what whining email complaints they had sent to him as SysOp, the system operator for the BBS, he pulled out a chair and logged onto World Netlink using an anonymous backdoor connection he hacked. Love to blow, Daikon Dick, Sweaty Sue, Rod Sucker, the regular gang had already gathered in the It Really Happened to Me sex fantasy chat room. Tonight's chat was already underway. The cockpit is filled with glowing instruments. <laughs> Sorry. The cockpit is filled with glowing instrument panels. I sit down in a jump seat and the pilot fastens a shoulder harness restraint around me really tight. He says it's in case of unexpected turbulence. Safety first. The pilot says he has to check the harness straps and he reaches under my blouse and rubs against my tits. My body trembles at his touch. He unfastens his belt and pulls out his Boeing. So that's why they call it the cockpit. He slid his hand into the paper bag he brought home, pulled out the bundle and untied the silk casing that protected his new gun. His gun. The Yakuza guy who he met online had sold it to him cheap who cared if it could it could even shoot straight he liked the way the gun felt in his hand its commanding weightiness when he held the gun its cold metallic song energized his whole body he watched daikon dick and rod sucker leave the group and enter their own private chat room just the two of them as the sysop he was undetectable looking on while their virtual foreplay antics scrolled by silently on his screen. He unzipped his tight pants, one hand on his crotch, the other hand stroking the cool smoothness of the pistol. He sat back and watched the online chat. The screen flashed, announcing the arrival of a newcomer in the main group chat room, Yokohama Mama. The sysop fingered her and learned she was a foreign woman logging in from Japan. Perfect. He'd make his approach, slow at first, then reel her in. Who should he be tonight? Why not Kawasaki 8? Kawasaki 8 sent a instant online message to Yokohama Mama. Hello, Yokohama Mama. Are you calling from Japan? Yes, I'm in Yokohama. I bet you guessed that, huh? Have you been in Japan long? I moved here from Vancouver two years ago. Uh, how about you, Kawasaki 8? I'm from Nagoya. What do you do in Yokohama? I, I teach English to high school kids. How about you? I work with computers. Let's get a room. Okay. With a simple, friendly online chat. An unsuspecting Yokohama mama had taken the bait. The foreign women always did. If if that wasn't chat room every any given chat room in the nineties, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know what was really any given chat room. Bro, just the depiction of Akihabara. Get close to that microphone, Isaiah. Just the depiction of Akihabara itself. Yeah, looks spot on, perfect. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you've been there. So. Yeah, it was perfect. I'm reading. I'm like, yup, yup, that's it. that's right, that's accurate. Yup, been there. I was that dude. Yup, I was. 
Okay, yep, that's you paid me. full price for everything, huh? Yeah, I was excited to be there, bro. I, <laughs> I was just excited to be there. So, uh, so that, that was you. That was you. Oh, you yeah, idiot sure. American. American. Yes, yeah. yeah, legit. I'm reading. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. Yep. Wow, you feel yeah. seen? Yes. I'm in the book. This is about me. Oh, man. Nah, got me good. But there's someone else in the room that can actually lend a little insight on Akihabara and maybe some touch on you know the trueness of the world building in that book. And that will be our very, very, very special guest who comes to us all the way from Los Angeles, a longtime fan of the Black Tribbles, um, a longtime resident in Tribble Nation, making his first live appearance here on the show. Tribble Nation knows him as Paul Robeson Tribble, but he is also known as Maurice Poplar. What's up, Maurice? Beep, 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 beep. What's up, Philly? Hello, Diddley. What's up, Philly? All the way from the west, west side, Oakland, right? This is where you. This is where I, you're I, born. I'm born in Oakland, yeah, but I live in LA now. You live in LA. All right, you do big things in LA. All right, it's a little bit warmer, and the, the food's not as good. But <laughs> the food's not as good in LA as in Oakland. I mean, Bay Area's got some of the best food in the world. I mean, you could find some great Koji tacos, and um, you, you can find good stuff in LA. But it's a lot of diner culture. Diner culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Welcome, man. Welcome. Welcome. We, uh, we are excited to have you here in the studio with us, man. Thank you. I'm, it's, it's nice to be here. I hear y'all on a podcast, and every once in a while I catch y'all live, and it's just it's, it's just amazing to see how the sausage gets made. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. That's dope. Now, now real quick, um, because I said that you could speak to some of the world building in the book because you are having a very cool conversation with our guest Elizabeth and her husband because I didn't know that you actually spent time in Japan. Yeah, I I lived in Tokyo uh, part of 2003, 4, and 5. Probably almost two years in total. And um, it was I I too was that guy and um, Oh yeah. (laughs) In Akihabara. Um, And then later I was that guy uh, pushing through the other guy uh, oh, oh hit, hit a tourist. They're all in the way. Oh, okay. Um, in okay. Akihabara. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I think she got it spot on, especially with the mansions and, um, you know, getting a little away from the, the, the train station, you know. And it, I, she really captured the atmosphere of the place. Um, I wasn't there in the 90s, but um, I, I, I saw all of those things she talked about. Now, what now? Uh, what took you to uh, Japan? Um, I was in a situation where I just kind of needed a break. Um, I had an opportunity to backpack around the world after college. Nice. And, uh, I had a, a, a situation who said, um, we, we should stop traveling and uh, settle down. And mm. uh, when we broke up, uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> He had a situation, not a relationship, not an interaction with a person. It, it was complicated. But a uh, situation. <laughs> so um, He knew what he said. I know what he said. Mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to uh, uh, <coughs> teach. I, I was teaching high, uh, junior high in Oakland, and I uh, had an opportunity to uh, teach English in Japan. And, um, you know, it was about the same money for a lot less work and, you know, in a exotic location and i'd never been there before and i was like let's do it so you know 
How was that experience, man? Because I know that's something that a lot of people are doing now. It, it was amazing. And actually, I met, I was on vacation in Thailand, and I met some brothers from the States mm-hmm. who were on vacation from Tokyo. And I was like, so Did they have VIP it? tickets to Michael Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> we no. should all be so lucky. No, they didn't. But, um, yeah, they said, you know, it, it's, it's cool, it's chill, it's relaxed. Um, and then, I'm, you know, I met a bunch of um, people of color who were on vacation. Japan's weird. Uh, one of the weird things they do is they t- all take vacation the same two weeks of the year. They're not together. Oh, really? Yeah, Golden Week and Oban Week. The entire country shuts down and everybody can go on vacation. So wait, so how can the entire country shut down? Because there's still like businesses. Yeah, there's still like some some service jobs, but businesses close. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting um, because they were on their um, August vacation while I was in there. Um, I, I met them in Thailand. Okay. And um, yeah, they were like, it's it's all good. So I tried to keep up in touch with them. Um, they um, weren't very responsive, but they gave me a little bit of information mm-hmm. and just enough to get myself in trouble and get a plane <laughs> ticket and be working in Tokyo. So, nice, yeah. nice. That's cool, man. That's cool. Well, thank you for coming and, and and sitting in with us and bugging out with us. You know, this is really dope. What brings you to Philly? You know, um, I got some people I was trying to catch up with, and uh, ironically, uh, I have a project of my own that's uh, kind of Japanese-oriented that I, I'm working on. And so it was, I, um, I, I want to say I'm, I'm trying to do the same thing Elizabeth's doing, but she's done. Right. It's, it's one thing to be done with a book, be published mm-hmm. out there in the world, and I'm still writing mine. So. Okay. Yeah. I understand. That's cool. Well, well th- now... And I thought I, you know, I, I, I spent a, my wife. She cracks up because I spent a lot of time listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, some of the uh, Black Tribble podcasts or some of these podcasts. So, you know, I, I'm I'm checking out the Liberty Bell and and the cheese steaks, but I'm also like stopping by um, the the highlights of, um, of, of the Black Tribble. Oh, that's right, because you were at uh, you were at JD's Hero Complex I went to early JD's today. JD's Hero Complex. I'm gonna check out Amalgam tomorrow. Okay, go nice. See, go see some good people over there. Dope. And uh, not yeah. me. I'm off tomorrow. Hmm? Not me. I'm off tomorrow. Oh, well, you see you tonight. Exactly. I lucked out. See. <laughs> there you go. So I, I didn't know if I was gonna be able to make it tonight because I flew in early and I was busted. <laughs> I can dig it. I can dig. I took it. a nap and uh, yeah, that's cool. Got my man. Second win, player. Well, well, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Now uh, I'm going to um, pull the pull the curtain a little bit because I know one of the reasons you're here is that on Saturday you're actually going to be um, interviewing um, me and Vince. That's uh, right on the show mission mm-hmm. um, about a documentary that you're doing. Um, so I'm, I'm very, very much in early stages. Um, I have about five interviews done. And, you know, I, I, I'm at that point where I'm working on it, but I'm not quite speaking it yet. Oh, so you don't want to speak about it? Well, um, it's a project that uh, you guys actually helped me promote um, in a, another iteration um, about Frankenstein. Yes. Um, you guys had me on the air back when you guys were in G-Town. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
it's interesting because I wrote a, a, a 30-page essay about race, um, politics, and kind of feminism in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. You know, Frank, wow. Frankenstein is written by an 18-year-old girl. True, Mary in Shelley. 19, in, I'm sorry, in 1818. And she's talking about some big ideas. And kind of one of my things that made me curious about what's going on was, what's, what, what, where'd she get these ideas? You know? mm-hmm. And I was seeing like allusions to Haiti and allusions to race and, and geopolitics. And, um, you know, there's a certain point where I wasn't sure if, I, if it was really there, but I saw it. Um, so last year, I'm reading The New Yorker, as I do. Sometimes. <laughs> Somebody's got to. Right? Oh, shots fired. Pock, pock them. Well, no, uh, I mean, it's been around for a thousand Harvard years. Harvard professor Jill Lepore writes this huge article about race, politics, and feminism in Frankenstein. What? So I'm like, oh, this Harvard professor is biting my stuff. Yeah. I wish. But um, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. She broke it down. Wouldn't be the first time. Very articulately. Hit on some stuff that um, I didn't even see because she has opportunity to do lots of research. She got student researchers. So um, it motivated me to um, put the word out, uh, get in touch with some of my old professors at Berkeley, um, get in touch with some um, Mary Shelley. Uh, like historians and biographers. Histori- mm-hmm. um, historians in England. And, um, you know, just explore. So, so what do other people see going on with and right. So one thing I'm, I'm going to talk to uh, the the Michelle missionaries about is um, kind of there 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 is the the big green dude Frankenstein mm-hmm. that everybody knows. Uh, Universal has that on lock. You have a green square dude with bolts in his ear, and um, they come in with lawyers. Right. And That's th- true. And then Kenneth Branagh did this other film. Mm-hmm. You know, through a whole other studio called Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yes. Where. Robert De Niro has lots of lines playing the creature. Yes. And uh, kind of the question is, um, all right, uh, Branna takes liberties, but uh, are y'all seeing what I'm seeing? So uh, one of the things I like about the Michelle Mission is uh, they they think deeply about things, but they don't keep it too serious that you can't laugh and have a good time. No, we don't. We don't. And so uh, if I got all these professors and historians talking... Um, I still need some flavor up in the joint. Well, so well, well, I thought I'd talk to some brothers who often bring flavor to the joint. There's actually a great book that just came out called uh, uh, Victor, Victor LaSalle's Destroyer. Destroyer. That's yeah. right. That's right. Uh, you should check that out. I uh, have it. Oh, you got it? Okay, yeah, yeah. good. Um, Phenomenal okay. stuff. Hey, I can't just drop the The Destroyer is about uh, a descendant of Dr. Frankenstein. Okay. Who's... Uh, whose son dies. And so, as a Frankenstein, what do you do? That's right. You bring your kid back to life. In modern day. In mo- it's, mo- it's, uh, I, think they're in, I think they're on the West Coast because at the same time that she's doing this, <coughs> the original monster gets found and he comes back. Right. Of course. So, yeah, it's it's a wild, wild book. Now, is this a book or is it a yeah, it's comic? A, uh, yeah, it's a comic. comic. It was a yeah. Forge miniseries. Oh, yeah, I got two of those, so I didn't get a chance to see how it ended. Oh, you got, you I was got really it. engaged because here I'm talking about race and Frankenstein, and LaSalle's casting Frankenstein as a black kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah this is a black woman, and so the the the, mm. the next Frankenstein's monster is a little black kid. 
So the descendant of Dr. Frankenstein is a black woman. Yeah. Oh, so somewhere along the way, yeah. the Frankenstein. There was some descending. Yes. Ain't that always how it works? Pretty much. <laughs> true, true At that. At one point, it was profitable. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right, so that's pretty, that's pretty I, I wasn't aware of that book, so that's cool. It's cool. So I wanted to, because I, I know we don't want to get deep into the weeds with, you know, what your, your, you know, what your documentary is going to be. You don't want to give it away. You, you, Thank you're you. working on this. You know what I mean? But I wanted to play, if we could, a little bit of Afrofuturistic role play with the whole idea of Frankenstein. Mm. You know, um, uh it's interesting that you say that uh, Kenneth Branagh takes liberties with his story, yet his his film is actually the most faithful faithful to the book. Correct, correct. Be- because when you look at when you know the book and then watch the historic Boris Karloff mm-hmm. movie, that's nothing like the. There's the, there's no Igor in the book. Um, there's no townspeople with pitchforks in the book. Nope. There's no lightning storm in the book. Um, you know, and I think the whole thing about switching the brain is also in the movie, right? That's not in the book. That's not in the book. Um, you know, I think it's interesting. I think um, part of what emboldens me is I feel like I got a lens to tell a story through. Right. And so I'm not trying to make Victor Frankenstein be a noble guy. Okay. Mary Shelley doesn't try to make no, Victor Frankenstein be a noble guy. She's out here saying, um, you're a little trifling mm-hmm. doing what you're doing. And... Um, She's very judgmental. Now, Victor uh, Frankenstein is played by Kenneth Branagh. So he um, wants to make him a little sympathetic. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things I found interesting, speaking to a professor at Berkeley, he was breaking down how there are strong allusions to the Haitian Revolution and um, in Frankenstein. And um, another brother was breaking down how... Um, Essentially, black Americans, um, namely Frederick Douglass, looks at Haiti as a proto-futuristic utopia. Right. Sort of a Wakanda Hmm. in his day. You know, what happens when black people get to run a country? (laughs) Run a country all to themselves. And, and, you know, for a lot of folks, this is some threatening stuff before the Civil War. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, what happens if black people get to run a country? What happens if black people get to run a country right on the doorstep of the United States? Mm -hmm. Which, you know, the southern states have a larger population of slaves than they do actual white people. Mm -hmm. You know, so... um, it's interesting because I'm getting people talking about tying Wakanda in with Frankenstein. Mary Shelley's not looking at a Wakanda. No. But her character, the creature, is looking at a Wakanda. See, and maybe I'm not as learned as most of the tribbles in here. I fake it because I'm at the lead mic. So I'm not really, I don't see that connection there. I see Kennedy is, is back there. She's, she's, she's like co-signing with a lot of what you're saying. And me, myself, I'm still, I'm still trying to see that, that connection between Frank and the, 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 the book, the story, and the, the Haitian Revolution. Well, um, the Haitian Revolution is, uh, is when, um, France has these uh, convulsions. Mm-hmm. And so in one moment, they decide everybody should be free. Yeah. They decide to get rid of their king. 
And one of the things they do is they free the slaves in Haiti. Right. Okay. Um, and so the slaves in Haiti get free. And one of the freed slaves who is going around freeing the slaves is Toussaint Louverture. Right. Uh, Toussaint, when the, when the Haitian soldiers leave, he then decides, let me go give this a shot um, across the border in Dominican Republic. Oh. And so he starts trying to free slaves, free over, slaves there. over there. Like, it was, okay. it was, it was so after the whole get rid of the king movement in France, you have this new movement where Napoleon is not going to be king, but he's going to be emperor. Right. And right. he runs up a, a big debts with all his wars. And he then turns and asks his people, so where, where, where do we used to get money from? Mm-hmm. We used to get money. From these colonies. That's right. That was run by these slaves. So he's like, well, put them back to work. So he sends a French army to Haiti. And, you know, the, the, the Haitian slaves, they done got some practice under their belt now. Yes. They know the lay of the land. Right. So they rebuff the mm-hmm. French army. Mm-hmm. So he's like, how could this be? In the meantime, he needs money. So what's he do? He calls up the United States. He's like, y'all want a boot? Right. And he sells them the Louisiana Purchase. Right. He's just trying to get some cash. Get some cash, right. <laughs> you know? So he finally um, sends in another troop. The Haitians rebuff him. The slaves send the French army running. Now, well, it's the French army. It's not, I mean, it's the French. And it's not the whole French army. It, it don't matter. It's the French. <laughs> so, all due respect. wow. It's still an army. No, what I'm saying. No, I'm saying it's a great story, but I mean, you know, he said cool story, bro. They, they had they had just taken over. But they Marines they had though. Just <laughs> taken over most of Ooh, Europe. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. And they lost because they attacked Russia in the winter. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you know, other than that, you know, they 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 did all right. But um, so what happens is they send some people in, in the in the in the quiet of night, and they send special ops in, and special ops they take the general Toussaint. Mm. They kill the general Toussaint. And Toussaint becomes both um, Osama bin Laden of his day, Mm -hmm. you know, because he's a terrorist. Right. But he also becomes a George Washington of his day. Because in England, people are trying to get a level of freedom. Right. That they feel like the Americans just got. Of course. So you got um, Wordsworth who's writing poems to Toussaint. You got um, Herman Melville, who's writing books about Toussaint. You got all these people talking about Toussaint. And Mary Shelley is just in the, in the mix of that. Okay. Talking about this guy who has no right asking for freedom, this creature. Okay, yes, because that is he what he does. he goes to his creator and says, you need to create a female for me so I can be free. Yes. And it, it doesn't make sense in a book. Why? He, he Even in the movie, um, the creature has a book. The creature can read. Yes. There's really no reason he has why the journal. creature can't go and create his own female. Well, but I mean, what he says is, I want you to go and create a female for me, and then we will go to Central South America and we ain't gonna mess with y'all. You no ain't gonna worry about me. That he does say that, yes. And and the problem with that is, what's in Central South America? Sugar, mm-hmm. coffee, mm-hmm. tea, gold, steel, copper. Everything that's running Europe in it's the seventeen and eighteen hundreds right. is coming from Africa and Central South America. Right. And at, at, at one point, 
Victor Frankenstein realizes um, y'all are faster than white folks. Y'all are stronger, stronger than white folks. Y'all are smarter than white folks. Y'all age like gods. He didn't say that. but um, It's true. Though. It's still true. It's subtext. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was just in the footnote. It was if I create a female for you and you go down there and recreate, y'all going to displace white people. Mm. And we can't have that. Mm. We need to build a wall. Mm. I'm sorry. That, uh, that, that's not in the book. That's not in the book. That's not in the book. But but the the it's subtext. It's there. So it's there. what happens when Haiti becomes free? When Haiti becomes free, Haiti is producing all the sugar. They're producing all of these spices, mm-hmm. and in theory, they can also manufacture refined goods. Nice, nice. Oh, okay, but. That's not what happens. What happens is France and the United States States go in and say, y'all owe us money. Yeah. Because y'all just stole our slaves. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so it's funny because there are lots of parallels between what happened to Haiti in the the late 1700s and what happens to Cuba Mm -hmm. in the 1960s. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, The problem with Cuba is Fidel Castro says... None of this land belongs to anybody else but the country of Cuba. So all these American landowners are like, yo, y'all owe us money. Mm-hmm. To this day, yep. America's biggest claim against Cuba is when y'all pay us the money that y'all stole, when you collectivize things, we will uh, give you, we'll remove Re- the blockade. Yeah, recognize. You know? which, so. is, which is absurd in and of itself, right? Being able to lay claim to a piece of land you know what I mean? To lay claim to people in that way. Just the audacity. Hey, fight me. You stole the people we stole. Like, that is just. You stole the people we stole You because you were the people. Right. And now you're not working no more. The audacity. Unmitigated goal. All right. Like, did y'all think about how y'all's freedom was going to displace us? Like, did y'all think about that? How inconsiderate of you, Negro. How dare you, You Negro. want freedom, but we need this income. Like, did did you on. ever think about me? How am I supposed to sweeten my latte? You didn't. And Gongo, how am I supposed <laughs> to put this cotton sock on? Huh? Bet you didn't think. You're selfish. That's what your problem is. <laughs> You're selfish. Who's going to pick this cotton? It's not going to pick itself. Mm. And there's no Mexicans here, so. <laughs> <laughs> there was no Mexico. Somebody's got to get to work. Someone's got to get in this field, and it's not going to be me. I'll burn. (laughs) And so from Haiti, what you get is essentially a huge metaphor for what we we currently see as a black utopia. You Mm. get essentially Wakanda. Wakanda doesn't exist. Wakanda's a metaphor, right? Yes. And uh, I didn't make this up. I stole this from a brother who was talking to uh, on on the media. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And he was just breaking down how... Um, Wakanda is this metaphor that has been constantly in existence in black America. At one point, it was Brazil. Mm-hmm. Black, black Americans from New York were going down to Brazil where they could actually have a better life. Right. At one point, it was Liberia. Mm-hmm. At one point, it was um, the West. At one point, um, it's been all of these things. And now we're talking about spaceships. And we got the comic book, Black, you yeah. know, where it's like black people have an opportunity. Right. You know? And it can't be taken away from them. You know, this black utopia. Powerful stuff. 
powerful stuff. You, you, you know, I knew from your emails you were very you're 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 a deep thinker, Maurice. Yeah, I be thinking too much. Yeah, you be going in, dog. You be going in. Sometimes I see your emails like I am not ready. <laughs> I am not ready. I am just you know. Look, I'm I'm just need something to put me to sleep real quick. I can't. Maurice will have me up with nightmares, <clears throat> ready to to shoot every white person that comes up on the TV. I can't look at Sons of Anarchy no more. I mean, I swear. So. Wait, what's wrong with what? Well, you know what, Sons of Anarchy. Like I've tried because Tawana's rewatching that right now. Mm-hmm. And man, those people, they get on my nerves. The, how, how racist they are? Oh, Lord Jesus. Yeah, no one said they were good people. I, I know, but it's just like. Nope, no one, not, none of us, nope. neither me nor the Master Triple ever said these were good people. But the thing is, but then you you kind of want to rally behind some of them, but then you realize they're all. They're all, no, terrible people. Yeah. All yeah, of them. I just can't. Even your favorites. Exactly. Yeah. Terrible people. Exactly. And I, I, I just can't. I just can't. But I think we're just in a new moment, you know, um, with Me Too, with. Um, our current administration, where folks just got a lot less toleration. Well, that's things. true. And it's like, Randy, is toleration a word? No, yeah, I don't think so. Tolerance. Thank you. Um, people are much less tolerant of <laughs> situations. That's and, a word and check. Compromise, everybody. you know, and you know, talking about black hateration, however, is. <laughs> well, absolutely, it's in the dictionary. But um, <laughs> Black Panther just and in the movie Us. You know, mm-hmm. really challenge these notions of it being a black and white thing. Yes. You know, um, I don't think it's a black or white thing. I think it is a, a mind state thing, you know. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm into movies. So I saw the movie uh, Django. Yes. One of the things that bothered me about Django was at the end, Django got his girl and he left. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's wrong. Because your people still enslaved <laughs> but and, although not the ones at that house because everybody was there everybody yeah pretty much dead. yeah and everybody but, was just running but, around free know, there was those dudes in the in the in the cage and you know somebody spent time with Django and helped him like gave him therapy so right, he could right, not be slave right. minded right and when he had an opportunity to then pay it forward pay it forward he was like y'all ain't listening are you the su- door is open and y'all ain't leaving the cage. I ain't got time. Are you surprised that someone would act selfishly like that? I'm not surprised. After being exhibited, you know, or rather been been shown nothing but selfishness, right? Because the act of slavery in and of itself is selfishness. We just went over this. I mean, yeah, but if I'm on my way to get my lady, I got to get my lady. I don't have time to sit here and counsel y'all for the next 12 hours about get out the cage. You know what I mean? Like... I opened the door for you. I showed you the door. I the can't walk open. through it for you, too. There's nobody stopping you. You need to get your, because I got things to do. Exactly. And, and so I think that's what Us is about. I think Us is very much about, I got mine. Whoa, some of us haven't seen it. I think Us is very much about, I got mine. And I'm, I'm sorry you ain't got yours, but that's not my problem. You know? And um, he's not, you, 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 it's, it's not a spoiler it's at not all. not giving anything away. It's not a spoiler. Um. And I think is, is to me was interesting in the film that the black family was able to survive because on the one hand, um, it's almost as if yeah, I'm, not, I'm not there. I'm not. I'm not giving anything away. I don't care. I do okay. media blackout. I don't want to hear nothing got it, got it, got it. about nothing. I thought it was interesting how it ended and and what happened at the end because oh that's very interesting. Yeah, it it, it, it works out that 
um, it's almost as if they were on the cusp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other family, you know, they just. Mm-mm. It's so, a deep movie. It's, it's a, a deep it's movie. It's a deep movie, but it's very much about that Django moment. I got mine. Too bad. Too bad, too sad. Yeah, I feel you. I you feel know? you. I feel you. I see. I, I see what your correlation. I see your correlation. I, I don't one hundred percent ride there, but I'm, I don't want to go too deep into the weeds, and and I don't, you know, spoil it for for the people. Because sometimes when you even just give that little, yeah, no, don't, the, the but, thought pieces on it, then that's something else. That but what if Harriet Tubman had that? I got my mentality. You know what I mean? What if, like, so many, what if Marcus Garvey went to Liberia and was like, I got mine, you know? Like, there are all these people in history who they, they never settled with the notion of, I got mine. And we call those people heroes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Altruism is, is seen as a heroic trait, sure. But sometimes survival is seen as a heroic trait. I'm not, you know, lending to, to your counterpoint here. I'm just, you know, playing devil's advocate just for, for a hot second. I'm, I... You know, some folks have been through so much trauma that when they get the opportunity to be rid of that trauma, they don't want anything else that's to do with it. Whether that's saving people from that trauma as well, or even addressing that trauma so that they could heal properly. You know what I mean? Um, and it can be argued in Django, after what he goes through in that movie, that when he finally achieves what all he wanted in the beginning which was saving his woman, that he just wants to roll off with his woman. That's right. And he's going to get down the road, and because he ain't got an army, he's going to have some problems. Well, maybe maybe, maybe he will, maybe he won't. But at, the, and, and, <laughs> at that moment, all that matters to him is that he has his woman. He got his so why can't shot. he just walk, roll off with his woman, he Maurice? Got, he, What's wrong with that? He got his, Not money, everybody. Got his money shot, right? So we're good. Not everybody is built to be a soldier in this war. Some folks aren't even equipped to spell war, let alone, you know, participate in some way, right? One of the challenging things, I think, about being a black American is coming to terms with the fact that we are all uh, survivors of generational trauma that is still perpetuated itself through, you know, systemic oppression, institutionalized uh, uh, oppression, white supremacy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, so just us getting up, doing everyday things, like living by the rules of this society is in and of itself an act of rebellion because we survived, right? We're not, for the most part, working for somebody else in that regard. We're able to take some of our earnings home and save and at least try to provide a, a, a better life for our, our progeny and our families and all that stuff. Um, so... It, that being said, some folks are are not built. They're not wired to recognize that need in the society and make the changes for it. Right? You have you have your Huey P. Newtons, and then you have the people who were who were, you know, in the grocery store with him and wouldn't they wouldn't go out the way to buy his groceries or nothing. But you know they wouldn't go out the way to prevent this man from there. They're just completely indifferent. Um, and I feel like it's important not to put that onus onto black people that all of us have to be responsible for uh, saving the culture, the people, the ethnicity, however you'd like to, to, to define that 
um, at all times. Some people just living and living their life and going about their everyday existence is that 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 step in that direction. And there are some folks who are locked and loaded, you know. I like the African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. Right. But if you want to go far, you go together. True. You know, my, my, you want to talk about black utopia. My black utopia is people helping people. And I understand that sometimes there are realities and sometimes there's some folks you can't help. No. You, you know? A thing on the internet, don't waste your time on somebody that Harriet Tubman would have had to shoot. That's the quote? Yeah. Wow. wow. To t-shirt, yeah, Maurice. Thank you for for uh, coming in and sitting with us, man. Thank you for being a, a longtime fan of the show. Uh, we really appreciate it, man. We really appreciate it. And, and and shout out to your wife, you know, who, who also by proxy is a she fan is of the show. So patient. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. Um, we, I want to invite you, ladies and gentlemen, give you some news about a couple of things going on. Um, First, hey, you know there's a movie coming out in uh, the end of April. Uh, Avengers Endgame is a big movie. A lot of people, maybe you've heard about, heard about it. I saw something somewhere. Well, the uh, who, what, and the what's it now? <laughs> the Black Tribbles, along with um, I Am Black Sci-Fi, Amalgam Comics and Coffee House, as well as the Franklin Institute, we are co-hosting a screening of Avengers Endgame, plus um, your entry into the Marvel Universe of Superheroes exhibit. Join us on Saturday, April 27th of 2019 for a three-part event that will include a private screening of Avengers Endgame at the uh, UA Riverview Plaza on Columbus Boulevard here in Philadelphia, as well as a tour of the new Marvel Universe of Superheroes exhibit at the Franklin Institute and a talk back on the film with trivia and cosplay that will take place in the heart of the Franklin Institute. It all goes down on Saturday, April 27th, 2019. Tickets are available now. You can go to blacktribbles.com and go to our events page where we have all the information, all answers to all of your questions about the event event and that's where you can find the link to get your tickets tickets are available either for the movie or for the exhibit or you can get a combo ticket and the triples will be there in mass we are going to if amazon be willing we're going to uh show off our our brand new t-shirt gun there that um it's going to be yes i'm sorry randy you won't be there but, Randy's been wanting to fire a t-shirt gun since ever. Well, watching since, like 86. Watching him work that slingshot last oh, year. Word. Yeah, maybe it's better that the gun to state put it <laughs> yeah, in the hands there of is Eric. Some headshots. Yeah, maybe Eric is better. Our, our, our I marksman. only heard one person. <laughs> yes, and that person is still in the hospital. I mean, um, <laughs> should have ate their Wheaties. If you have more <laughs> okra in your system, you'd have a better immune system. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, you'll, also, you'll also notice, ladies and gentlemen, we did not have a, a very very special um, selected reading from Ariel uh, this week. That is because for the first time in 2019, Ariel will be joining us live in studio next week. Yes. 
with the Finally. with the coming of and cl- going of tax season, the uncanny trouble. She hasn't will, been here yet this year. She hasn't been no. here at all this year. Wow. She she said she oh. wouldn't be able to come here because she had they had business to take care of and, hey. they, and the business will be taken care of. Yeah. So she will be here for the first time next week and she will have a very special selected reading for you that she's already selected um, for next week, but. For the first person from Triple Nation that emails us with Tokyo Firewall in the subject line, you will win your very own copy of Elizabeth Wilkerson's Tokyo wow. Firewall. Done. So that'll be coming your <laughs> way. Mine? 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 <laughs> so all you have to do is email us and put Tokyo Firewall in the subject line, and the first email we get will win a copy of said book. It's mine. It's me. I'm first. <laughs> we will return <laughs> next week with another stop in Octavia City. It's going to be real dope, uh, as we'll also have a very selected reading from Kennedy's new book, Speculative Philadelphia, next week. It's going to be real dope. That sounds so cool when you say it. Oh, thanks, guys. All right. Um, Be sure to check out all of the fantastic shows that are here 24-7 on Philly Cam Radio. You can go to phillycamps.org slash listen and check out our WPPM schedule and check out all of our shows like the Silver Alert, um, uh, 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 the Me Show Mission. Yes, that's one of the shows. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He keep keep just, just parading this other... He's just waiting. Millennial High is another one of our cool shows that we have we have on there. With uh, it, it, we got tons of shows, twenty four seven shows here on Philly Cam. Go to phillycam.org slash listen and, and check out the schedule. Mormon or something. Our shows. Two wives. Uh, the, the Broad Street <laughs> yeah. Line. We we, we we get it in. We get it in. All right. We got to get out of here. The show will be available for your download, stream, and pleasure come the morn on blacktribbles.com, as well as available as a podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, uh, Pandora, uh, Stitcher Radio, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and any place and every place a good podcast be. Don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Black Tribbles, and join the yeah. Facebook Tribble Nation um, group. Also, like and follow us, and wherever you catch the podcast, please leave us a ranking and rating because that helps people find and like our show. And email us at blacktribbles at gmail.com. We love reading your emails here live on air. For the Super Tribble, for the Master Tribble, for the Super Saiyan Tribble, for Intern Tribble, for the Returning Storm Tribble, for the Guesting Paul Robeson Tribble, and for the New Decoder Tribble. So let... This is the Bat Tribble, and parting we say. Hailing frequencies closed, Captain. Wow.